growing green to generate more green. Welcome to The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman. Each week, we plant the conversational seeds about cultivation and the changing climate of cannabis culture. We'll peel back the layers of benefits of the world's most versatile plant, from food to fuel, from remedy to resource. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents The Grow Show with your host, multi-award-winning grow master and respected cannabis consultant, Kyle Cushman. Hello and welcome, everybody. You can't hit your head because there's no ceiling here. This is The Grow Show on CannabisRadio.com, and I am your host, Kyle Cushman. Today, we welcome multi-award winning hash master Nika T, who has won not one, not two, but at least 15 Cannabis Cup awards for his tasty, clean, and ultra-potent solventless hash. He's been making hash since he was a teenager. Following his love for cannabis, he traveled to Amsterdam as a young man and learned hash making from a legendary hash maker and has continued to grow and improve on those techniques to this day. These days, the student has become the master, and he is now an icon in the extraction industry himself. He's an activist for the legalization cause and travels worldwide teaching those who want to learn more about the art of solventless extraction. When he's not working the cannabis event circuit or with patients, he spends his time continuing to innovate the extraction process, a passion that has taken him all the way from his hometown in California to Denver, Colorado, where he now owns and operates Essential Extracts, the very first legal solventless hash company in the United States. DJ Nicotee has also made a name for himself musically as a popular reggae DJ, having worked with groups including Revolution and Buster Rhymes. He hosted cannabis-related events including Cannabis Cup ceremonies, the Emerald Cup, and others. To say he's made a name for himself in our current cannabis culture would be an understatement. I want to welcome to the show today, DJ Nicotee. How you doing, brother? Wow, man. I'm doing well, man. I appreciate that intro, for real. Yeah, man. Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, you've been around a long time, and you've earned your creds, and I wanted to make sure everybody knew what they were. Right on, brother. Give thanks. I think you came on the scene, you know, maybe 10 years ago or more when I was living in Mendo, and you were still in Cali, right? Yeah, you know, I think 10 years ago, I was probably a little back and forth uh, between California and Colorado, maybe even a little Oregon and East Coast. I've, I've definitely bounced around quite a bit. But yeah, 10 years ago was uh, a good time. You know, it was uh, that wild, wild west. I was definitely <laughs> doing a little of both, working in the Bay Area and uh, working in Colorado. Well, it's good to get around, put down some roots in all of these good places. And, you know, I wanted to have you on the show. We haven't spent a whole lot of time together, but I feel that you're probably one of the, as down-to-earth guys in the industry as I've ever met. Your hash is above all others as far as I'm concerned. So I want to learn a little bit more about, you know, how you became who you are. And I want to start with letting people know where does your moniker Nicotee come from? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I think it started almost almost 13 years ago or longer now. A large influence in my life starting as like a reggae DJ, not even as a reggae DJ back then, but just as a supporter of reggae music and following sound systems. Jaw Warrior Shelter out of the Bay Area and New York was a big influence in my life. They were one of the bigger sound systems growing up. I used to go to oh. Ivier's record shop in San Francisco. It's called Wisdom Records, and you would just toss on 45 after 45, and I'd be like, yep, I like that one. Nope, I don't like that one. So they were just real close friends and a big influence. One of the main vocalist MCs in Jaw Warrior Shelter is Rocker Keith. Um, yes, so that name always kind of stood out, you know, in my mind. 
But so that's kind of where Nick and T started, and it continued. You know, um, the first album, the first mixtape that I put out was called So Addictive, because Nick and T is also a play on words. It's similar to uh, nicotine. Uh-huh. So I'm addictive like nicotine, but, you know, uh, uh, there's a few, I love few little the, nuances I really, with the name. I really love that association. I had did not know that, that you were so involved with Jaw Warrior Shelter and my good friend, Rocker T. We've been friends for many, many years. And, yeah, I see that whole thing now. You know, when I've seen you guys <laughs> at certain places and stuff, I never put the two and two together. That's really, you know, really and, awesome. and I didn't even do too much work with them. They were just a big influence, you know? I, I used to go to their shows all the time. I was actually promoting for a lot of their shows. So I worked uh, with a company called True School out of the Bay Area, you know, where I was doing a lot of street marketing. And that's really where I learned to market myself as a hash maker as well at that time in my life. That's you know, awesome. working with a lot of reggae groups and sound systems in the Bay Area. Good vibes, right? Just really, really good family vibes. Definitely, definitely. So... What I want to know is, can you can you fill us in a little bit on who that legendary hash teacher that taught you when you were abroad? Yeah, I had been making hash for a number of years. Growing up in Northern California, it was very prevalent, as you, I'm sure, know. I had family in the industry, if you will, and you know, I always grew up making hash. But I learned a lot of oral tradition that wasn't written down anywhere years and years ago, probably over ten years ago now, in Amsterdam with Mila. Mila Jansen, the hash queen. No doubt. Um, so Mila taught me a lot of stuff that I hadn't learned yet. I always call it oral tradition because I don't think it was until years later after I met her that she even put out her first book where she was talking about her techniques. I feel extremely blessed to have uh, learned from the queen of hash in Amsterdam, that, Mila. That's very good, man. We, you know, we always have to give credit to where we've come from and who we've learned from. You know, one of my favorite things to do is teach and share information that I've learned over the years with others. You know, and, and like many of us in the industry, you spend a lot of time traveling and speaking about your craft, as I do. And some argue that teaching our trade, we're creating competition for ourselves. But, you know, it's just so awesome to see somebody you've mentored excelled at what you've taught them, you know, and maybe end up winning awards themselves. How many of your protégés have gone out and just killed it competitively? So many of them. Um, and it's crazy because <laughs> I say that it's not creating competition. It's creating a, a higher echelon for the whole industry. It's creating a, a higher quality standard. And that, in turn, actually gets more product or gets more money for our products. So in reality, yeah, the more we teach, the better it is for everyone. I think. Um, but, you know, people like Banff Extractions was one of my first clients in L.A. He's crushing. I think he, he, him alone has won over 10, 15 cannabis cups. So definitely a lot of my family out there that I've helped to teach doing amazing things, and I'm proud of them. Yeah, I believe you're right with Banff. I worked with Harold back when we worked at Buds and Roses. I think that was some of the first entries he ever did, and we won a few awards with him as well. And yeah, yeah man, you've been pretty vocal about preferring solventless over other methods such as butane and such. And you've been trained in both. So why solventless? You know, it's really just what I prefer. I like the all over body high that I get from solventless compared to like a butane extract when dab, it goes straight to my head. It's, it's how it makes me feel. And I guess I function a little bit better with the solventless extracts. It seems to plug into my receptor sites better, you know, and to each their own. I think that there's value in all different methods. I personally just prefer solventless, whole plant, whole trichome medicine. 
Exactly. Whole plant, full spectrum. I agree. You know, everybody's got a right to find what works best for them. But I just like to add out there that I kind of liken it to the way we look at food. And we all know that the more you refine a food product, the less healthful it becomes. And I kind of feel the same with cannabis. I think the more you refine it, not that it becomes unhealthful. I just think that the whole flower and the, the full spectrum cannabinoids are definitely where it's at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like orange juice from concentrate compared to fresh squeeze. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So what do you say to people who argue that technically water hash isn't solventless, that water is the solvent? That's a great question. I love addressing this question because in reality, you know, water is the universal solvent. I think we can all agree on that one. However, in our process of utilizing water, we're not utilizing water as a solvent. We're really utilizing water as a vessel to uh-huh. carry the mechanically separated trichomes to their destination. Uh-huh. You know, when we start saturating the plant material, when we soak the plant material too long, water does become a solvent. But in reality, in our methods that we teach, we're teaching people to try and get the plant material out of the water, keep it as cold as possible, as fast as possible. So we're not trying to leach anything into that water, thus making the water not a solvent for our methodology. That is great. I love that answer. Great explanation. What would you consider to be the most prized creation in the world of extracts? You know, everyone has their own opinion, but in reality, to me, one of the top, top tiers, the highest echelon of a product that can be out there is what we're making by squeezing our hash, removing mechanically those waxy cuticles to create our hash rosin, either in our solventless shatter form or our solventless batter form, I think those are some of the, the top products out there. You know, our yields are very small, but we're trying to create the highest quality product possible. Nice, absolutely. And this conversation is just getting started up, but I think now is a good time for a quick smoke break. So roll one up while we show our sponsors some Grow Show love, and we'll be right back. The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman will return once we cultivate through this short commercial break. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put different celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him think that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. 
Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Previously on the Stoner Jesus Show. We do have John McAvee. He's running for the Libertarian Party nomination for president. What makes someone like you want to take the reins of this? We're so far behind this frightening. And in a cyber war, we can't hack into the Chinese. Back in 1979, they started building cyber defense systems. We didn't even think about it until 20 years ago. I've seen no candidates and certainly no one within government capable of dealing with this issue. The Stoner Jesus Show, live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Or find the Stoner Jesus Show podcast on demand at CannabisRadio.com and StonerJesus.net. Peace, bitches. Time to plant some more conversational seeds. You're listening to The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone, to The Grow Show on CannabisRadio.com. We are here speaking with legendary hash maker Nick T. And we've got a treat for you on this segment because we're going to get some more hash making tips from the man himself. Tell us a little bit about Essential Extracts and what do you guys have going on over there? Any new exciting projects you want to share with us? Yeah, definitely, man. You know, that's what keeps me going every single day in this industry is our fun R&D time, creating new products, new ancillary products, and just learning. It's what makes me wake up every single day and love what I do still. We're doing lots of things in the in the lab. We're working on new agitation methods. We're working on designing a new closed-loop water extraction system, if you will. We're actually working on some collaborations right now, trying to release one of the first solvent with hash pens out there uh, with cannabis-derived terpenes. There's lots of cool things that we have going on in the facility. In fact, we just signed a new lease on 20,000 square feet, so we're definitely growing rapidly right now and really excited about the future, really excited about my own grow finally after six years being in this industry in Colorado, and I guess over 15 years being in the industry total, I finally have my own legal grow coming ah. on board here very shortly and it's going to be directly connected to our facility. So that's the most exciting news that I have going on is finally being able to put the strains in and have my growers grow them exactly how we want to produce them for our extracts. Rock and roll, my brother. That sounds awesome. I'm between gardens myself right now and I don't quite feel myself. Let's get a little bit down to basics. So let's start with the old phrase, garbage in, garbage out. You know, so of course, you know, you get better results with buds over sugar leaves. Tell, tell me a little bit about garbage in, garbage out, what that means to you. You know, it, it, it's a little bit different for us than compared to some of the solvent extracts out there. But now with the onset of rosin, we're able to mani- manipulate a lot of different styles of material. Of course, we love fresh frozen whole plants, mm-hmm. especially in the commercial industry. It's one of the easiest things to control for us. I know that the product has gone straight from that grow big leafed, frozen directly to us, kept on dry ice during the delivery so that nice. we can process it, you know, in its most pristine form. And that's the top tier for us just because the plant has been touched the least out of a lot of the methods out there. 
you know, we still love processing dry trim material if it's taken care of. Um, mm-hmm. It all starts with the grower and their process and how that material is taken care of. You know, the terpene retention, if we get it within 24 hours of it being trimmed, even if it's dry material, it still has a little bit of that goo. And uh, we love that that product. As long as the potency is there and the terpene retention is there, you know, we can definitely make some proper extracts. You know, it comes to when you're talking about garbage in, garbage out. When we get product that's been sitting in a hot warehouse in the back in black garbage bags for months, right. and when we get it, it smells like hay. That's garbage. And product is not going to really be the best or something that we're going to want to put our names on. So we try and uh, limit some of those clients. So I think the, the, the big tip from this part of the discussion is definitely uh, the way I look at it, which is you take great care to grow your flowers, and then you take great care, hopefully, to process your flowers. Take that same care on your trim if you want to make really good extracts, right? Yeah, and for extracts, you know, I've seen a lot of people manhandle buds. I teach all my growers and all my trimmers to never touch the bud. So, you know, in the growing process, I'm not having them squeeze all the buds, getting the smells. Right. You know, generally I'll set aside one butt on a plant, you know. <laughs> that's that's the bud that you want to smell and sniff, you know, that's the one you want to touch. There's so, always the one guy in the crew, right, that comes in and before they start doing any work, instantly. they have to start <laughs> squeezing everything and smelling everything. And you look at them and you're like, hey. You know, that's not what I brought you here. You know, it's great for the R&D, but <laughs> there's a time and a place in that one bud that you can set aside for them to do that with. Um, right. I like the plants to be pristine and untouched by human hands. Unmolested. In the trimming process, you know, the trimmers are wearing gloves, and I just tell them to grab all the buds by the stalks and the stems. Right. Go in at, you I know, agree. Go in at them gently. So yeah. it's definitely, it makes a lot of difference in the end product that we produce, especially like, when I, we're talking about mechanical separation. I like both my flowers and my hash as unmolested as possible, fresh and pure. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, the elements that go into making it, you know, the water and the ice. So obviously water has got to be pure. Yeah. Where do you get your water from? I think we put over $30,000 into our filtration, expansion, and storage of water system. (laughs) It gets pretty intense when you're talking about commercial systems and the mechanical separation industry when you're trying to do it right. But I'd say first and foremost, I love RO water. One Mm -hmm. of the first problems with RO water is you're wasting a lot of water and you're not seeing the pressure that you're desiring. So, you know, some of the things that we've designed for this industry are, you know, expansion tanks and pressure pumps uh, Mm. to be able to see the full pressure, if not more, out of all five of our sinks, our wash stations in the facility. And then all the water going into the entire facility is going to be RO, which is reverse osmosis. For those Correct. Who don't know. Yeah, you know, we're, so pure, we're all about clean water and clean ice. Pure water is, is, is essential. And of course, when you're making your ice, you want to use the same pure water. Now, I've heard that ice spheres are more effective than cubes. Does the shape of the ice actually matter? You know, I wouldn't necessarily say the shape if you're controlling your facility right, the ice cubes are not going to melt too much. And especially if you're using RO water. I don't know if you put ice cubes into regular water and then put them into RO water, but your mm-hmm. ice melt is a lot less in RO water. I think it's more about the size of the cube. You don't want to be using the chips uh, uh-huh. because they, they do melt a lot faster. I like to use slightly rounded edges. Like the barrels are kind of my favorite right now, the larger barrels. 
you know, multiple shapes, I think, you know, I haven't found too much difference. The size is definitely a factor. You don't want it to melt too fast. You want to retain the uh, agitation qualities of the ice. Right. So you want to keep your water temperature low, very close to freezing. You want to keep your ice pure. You want larger chunks of ice, but not too large, right? What would you say would be the large, largest inch size of chunks of ice? I mean, I don't think you're wanting to go too much larger than two inches in ice because that's just when you're going to get less rotation, less right. surface area is going to be touched for the trichomes to agitate. You're going to be using too much of your surface area with ice. You know, larger ice cubes could be a value when you're talking about larger systems. Although we're a commercial facility, we're still running 20-gallon batches. You know, we still like to run a lot of strain-specific stuff, and there's not too many commercial facilities that are giving us much more than 5 to 10 pounds of one strain. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it's really important also, how important, I, I want to ask you, is it to keep the room temperature as low as possible when you're processing hash? It's extremely important, not only for the processing, but even more important, more important for the drying and stabilizing process. You know, we don't call it curing in hash. We really call it stabilizing. And if you can uh-huh. keep your temps and your humidity to a controlled environment throughout the entire process, throughout your entire week, two weeks of stabilizing, the product will have a longer shelf life. It will always be stable on the shelf. So there's a lot of advantages to it, to keeping your room below 65 degrees, below 40% RH. And then certain strains we even keep lower on those numbers. Certain strains we're able to budge a little bit higher. But in general, those are the numbers that we like to stay well below. Right. So, you know, environment is important, just as important as all the ingredients going in. And so basically to sum it all up, all the basic variables which can be controlled should be controlled and optimized. And most importantly, those be, that being the quality of the plant that you're using to actually create the hash. So just remember that what you put in, you get back out. Unfortunately, we are running out of time in this segment. Nick T, thanks again for taking the time to come on the show and sharing your wealth and knowledge with us. Would you tell us how best to reach you or where we could expect to see you performing or speaking next? Yeah, man. Good. Thanks for having me. You can reach me on Facebook, facebook.com slash DJ um, it's actually Nick Tanum now on Facebook. They've switched some things up on me. Instagram, I'm at Nicka T, N-I-K-K-A underscore T. And you can also find us at Essential Extracts LLC on Instagram as well. Twitter, we're Extract Artist. And, you know, we do have quite a bit of things going on this summer. I'm going to be at Chalice. Essential Extracts will have a booth down there in Southern California coming up here nice. in I think, less than two weeks. It's coming up fast. i got to fly out there to judge as well, so you might see me on the judges panel and talking about some of the entries. Awesome. Um, I've got a really fun event coming up here in Denver, July 29th, I believe is the date. It's at the Roxy Lounge. We're flying out Bobby Cunders. He's a very influential dancehall reggae DJ and producer, Massive B Sound from years ago like i've been listening to him for over 15 years now so we're flying him out we have a lot of the local reggae artists reggae djs coming in bringing some more acts on to that one as well july 29th so that should be a really fun event I'm really looking forward to it because it brings me back to my roots i love spinning reggae roots. Music. And lately with this marijuana industry stuff i've been playing everything i've been playing trap i've been playing edm cumbia mumbaton tropical bass, you know, you name it, remixes. And so it's nice to come back to an all-reggae event. 
It's great to listen to you, brother. Nick, it's been great having you, man. And you you keep doing what you're doing. I really hope we get to share some time with each other. Hey, this is just the beginning of the summer of 2016. It's going to be a great one. Lots of things are happening. So thanks, Nick and T, for coming on the show. We got to take another quick break for our sponsors, but we will be right back with Ask Kyle. The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman will return once we cultivate through this short commercial break. Play as Ted Growing, expelled botany sophomore and the biggest grower in town, only on Weed Firm Replanted. Available on the App Store and Google Play. It's a lot of work being the biggest grower in town. Maintaining a room full of plants while dealing with a slew of eccentric customers, from a hardcore partier to the curious neighbor next door. Is anybody home? Help me expand my bud business by unlocking new strains, customizing my grow room, and completing challenges that you can't get enough of. Grow your empire so big you can see it from space. Low on funds? Don't worry. Weed Firm Replanted is free to download. Download Weed Firm Replanted for free on the App Store and Google Play today. Get growing, Mr. Growing. While the feds and state are doing their dance, you still need to transact business and manage your cash. Go professional and let your customers pay with PayQuick. They pay you and they earn rewards points. PayQuick connects to your bank account for free and secures all of your transactions. And with PayQuick, you can pay your producers and processors for free. Plus, it pays to have it because it makes depositing your cash safe and so easy. No cops, no crooks, just compliance and comfort, knowing you have your cannabis business in check with PayQuick. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. The National Cannabis Industry Association presents the third annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo. The most influential business event in the marijuana industry returns for three days in Oakland, California. Join your fellow industry leaders and policy influencers June 20th through 22nd for an in-depth educational experience and network with more than 3,000 cannabis professionals. The 2016 Cannabis Business Summit and Expo will feature keynote presentations from California Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom and Numi Organic Tea CEO Ahmed Rahim giving you insight into cutting-edge policy discussions and the most innovative business practices. All this plus the most comprehensive expo floor in the industry. The Cannabis Business Summit and Expo, June 20th through 22nd in Oakland. Don't miss out. Register right now at CannabisBusinessSummit.com and save 15% off registration using promo code RADIO15. That's CannabisBusinessSummit.com, promo code RADIO15. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, most people who use don't have a problem, so I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. Time to plant some more conversational seeds. You're listening to The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. 
Welcome back, everybody, to The Grow Show on CannabisRadio.com. Now it's time for our Ask Kyle segment, where I answer your cannabis cultivation questions. I love having such an interested and engaged audience, and I'm here to support you all. So let's dig in and see what we got this week. From LS Love, why isn't today's hash as good as the red Lebanese, Afghani, Pakistani, Nepalese temple balls of the late 60s and 70s? Well, Mr. Love or Ms. Love, you know, that's a subjective thing. I think the hash today is every bit as good. You know, I did back in my early teens and my young 20s get to smoke some of that imported hash. And it did have a taste and a smoke that was reminiscent of, that reminded you of uh, being in an old head shop with the incense burning and stuff like that. But it was a lot harsher, you know. It was made from outdoor cannabis. Sometimes the drying techniques weren't so good. It was always strong. But, you know, I really personally think that today's hashish really kicks ass over that stuff. So that's one man's opinion versus another's. Next, we have from Keith S. I am under the impression that to make full melt bubble, you had to use fresh trimmings. I ask because I've heard people say that using dried material would produce garbage, more like Keith than bubble. Is there a way to use dry material and still get full melt? Absolutely. I use dry material for the longest time, and it all depends on how well that material has been handled and stored, and then the, the next thing is also the things we just discussed on the show about uh, proper temperature of ice and water and not being greedy. What I mean is you don't want to agitate the water too much, especially with dried material, because you're going to release that chlorophyll. But absolutely, I make full melt bubble out of dry material all the time. And again, the main reason is because I like to smoke my flowers, and the best smoking flowers to me are trimmed after they're dried. So lots of people like the, the fresh full spectrum, the fresh frozen live, but you know, it's, a, it's kind of a sacrifice to take your flowers and, and dedicate it just for hash. So I think uh, dry material is good to go. Next question from Alan W. When do you actually break it up after collecting from the bag while it's wet or after it dries? I'm going to say that question again. Break 10 seconds. I said it too fast. Next question from Alan W. When do you actually break it up? I am assuming he's referring to the collection in the bottom of the bag. Do you do it after collecting from the bag while it is wet or after it dries? Well, Alan, you know there's lots of different techniques. Most people will collect the uh, material from the bottom of the bag, lightly press it, and then let it dry as a patty somewhat and then chop it up. That's because it's easier to sliver when you do it that way. But, you know, some people go right at it and dice it up right when it's wet. And others, if you look online on some of my photos on Facebook, you'll see that I don't do either. I use an evaporation technique where I just take the material, I plunk it down onto a plate, and I actually add water to it. And I make a little, uh, a little pond on a, on a dish. And then much like they make s- sea salt... You just let the water evaporate, and then at just the right time, you just get under it with a knife, and I peel it off the plate like a shoe leather, like like fruit leather. It's really, really cool because it's unpressed, unmolested, completely unoxidized trichomes, and I find the flavor from that is really, really special. From Cassidy R., ever used dry ice instead of normal ice for making hash? If so, what are the results like compared to normal ice? Well, I've never used the dry ice technique. I've only watched it on 
YouTube. And it does seem like a real quick, no mess way to make yourself some hashish. But I am definitely suspicious. <laughs> I'm definitely suspicious that using dry ice is going to freeze the material so much that it's going to allow the release of chlorophyll into the batch and therefore contaminating it a little bit. But it is nice and neat and quick and clean. And hey, you know, you just try it once and see how it works out for you. I do really prefer bubble hash. It is my favorite smoke in the whole world. I call it smoke of the gods. I picture an old prince of Persia just smoking out of a little brass pipe and taking that one or two puffs of resin or rosin. That's the way I like to do it. We are out of time for Ask Kyle, and if you want to submit your own questions, just send them to Diane, D-I-A-N-E, at KyleCushman.com, or send a message to our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash Show. We are out of time today, and I would like to thank our guests and producers for making this show possible. Make sure to check out my website, KyleCushman.com, where you can find out where to follow me on social media, upcoming events I'll be t- attending, and subscribe to my newsletter and a whole lot more. Find new episodes of The Grow Show every Wednesday by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Remember, your life is like tofu. It takes on the flavor of what's around it. I'm your host, Kyle Cushman, and as always, stay lifted. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.